Let's jump into the message today. We're in part two of this message called All the Feels, All the Feels, and we're talking about feelings. And I'm going to go to the book of James, chapter 1, verse 12. And sometimes when the preacher is reading from the book of James, you know we're about to get serious because James was serious. So, but hold on, we're going to have fun too. John, uh, James, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, God blesses those who, play, who patiently endure testing and temptation, and afterward they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Watch this. Pay attention to this verse right here. Temptation comes from our own desires. Somebody in here was about to say the devil. That's what you were about to say. But it says temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. And these desires, these feelings, give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my, brother, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes. That's important for you to know. He never changes. Even though our feelings change, he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. That's strong scripture today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you. Thank you for this time that we have to hear from your word. Lord, I just pray now that our hearts will be open, our ears will be open, our eyes will be ready to receive what it is that you want to say to us today. And Father, I just pray that not only will we hear it, but we will apply this to our lives. And Lord, allow it to change us from the inside out. So Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to help me. I thank you that you have anointed me, God. And I just want to operate and do what you called me to do today, which is preach your word. Help me to present this clearly and effectively in such a manner, Father, that it inspires us to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, let's recap a little bit. Because last week we kicked off this series, All the Feels. And last week we thought it would be important to lay some good foundation. Because we have some great feelings on the inside of us. I want you to know that. And this is coming from a person who is very, very emotional. Look at your neighbor and say, he's emotional. Tell your other neighbor, he cries. Tell your other neighbor, he laughs. Tell your other neighbor, he may lose his temper sometimes. Especially at sporting events. Can I get an amen? amen? It happens. Yesterday it almost happened, but I contained. Because I know i got to preach today. And so, <laughs> anyway, y'all think that's funny, but it's true. <laughs> you do, man. You have no clue. There are days where I just want to go for it. It's like, ah, oh, I think I'm preaching on that tomorrow. I better behave myself. And so, last week we started out by talking about your feelings versus your faith. Which one are you going to live out of? Or are you going to follow all of your feelings? Or are you going to follow your faith that you have in God? Now, know this, that there are some great feelings that you have, that you're going to have. And there are some feelings that you're going to have that just aren't true. Like tomorrow morning, you're probably not going to feel it. Just saying. Like your kids, they're not going to feel like, I mean, listen, if your kids wake up tomorrow morning excited and can't wait to go to school, take a picture of that moment and record it because we need the inspiration. But don't brag too much because now, now there's the, you know what I'm saying. So, but they're probably not going to feel like it. But that doesn't mean that you don't just because you don't feel like it. You have to. It's what we have to do. And if I don't allow my faith to be what is leading me, I am liable to go anywhere based off of my feelings. And so last week we had a few points to make that I thought was important for us to follow our, our faith instead of our feelings. We said that faith gives me confidence. My feelings always leave me confused, but my faith is going to give me confidence. And whenever we're chasing our feelings, we're all over the place, but faith is one direction. That's why we read that verse, that God doesn't change. That means he is 
consistent. Now, we're not always consistent because we have things that are happening around us. And as much as we try to be consistent, there are certain things that just press our button. Any button pressers in here and you know it. So I'm, I'm proud of you for raising your hands. We all knew that. But now you know that we know that we all know. Yes. Sometimes our buttons get pressed. And if we're not leaning on our faith, we could react with our feelings and that could cause some trouble. Faith gives me conviction. It holds me in my place. Because I'm going to have feelings and desires to do things that at the end of the day, I should not do. Amen? And if I don't have some convictions that hold me, and I just feel good and do it kind of personality, I'm liable to do some things that are completely wrong that can cause trouble not only for me, but even for people that I love in my life. And so I have to build my life on some faith because it's going to give me some conviction. But not only is it going to give me some conviction, but it's going to give me some confirmation. It's going to give me some confirmation. And right here, this is where I think about people who are veterans in the faith that have been following Jesus for a long time. They can go through some things, but they aren't moved because they are confirmed in their faith. In other words, they are solid because of what they believe. And this isn't just something that they're trying. This is something that they have trusted over time. And they have seen the hand of God. They have seen the goodness of God on the mountaintop as well as in the valleys. And because of that, now they are confirmed. They are solid and they are strong. So last week we talked about faith versus feelings. Today what I want to talk about, and this one is really, really interesting. I want to talk about your desires versus delight. Desires versus delight. Now let's start out with a scenario here. This might happen to you today. Have you ever had a group of people, a group of friends that wanted to go eat together and you were all trying to decide where you were going to eat? First of all, you cannot do that in five minutes. It takes about 35 minutes minimum to accomplish this. And this is what happens after the first suggestion is made. Oh, I don't want that. Like two people out of 20. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I can't eat that. So now two people, because of their not sure what I want to eat, because I don't like that, but I don't have a suggestion, is now controlling all the rest of the group. How many of you are getting mad right now? Just like, I'm going by myself. I'll sit at a little booth at McDonald's all by myself. Well, y'all, I'll just eat fries and a, and a little ice cream. Sunday, caramel with peanuts on top. While y'all figure it out in the parking lot. And it's amazing how everybody knows what they don't want. But nobody knows what they do want. How many of y'all feel it? You know what I'm saying? Like this is going to happen. We got a crew. It's a bunch of us. We finished setting up and all this. We go eat out every Sunday after church. It happens to us every week. There's one particular person, second row to my left. She tends to make some calls. And it's not Ashley. Nor Susan or Cole. We making the call today. All right. Anyway, <laughs> here's another scenario. Go on a trip with a bunch of people. Oh, we got a bunch of couples. We're going to the beach. Plan the day out. Good luck. Every woman wants to sit on the beach until they are chocolate bronze. And dudes want about two hours out there. And that's it. Two hours is good. Let's go do something. Go play golf, go fishing, something, anything. No, we don't want to do that. We want to get a tan. Everybody's revolting. So you know what winds up happening? Guys go do their things. Ladies go do their thing. At the end of the day, ladies, they're like, hey, let's go do something. Dudes are like, man, I am so tired. Let's just go to sleep. I mean, that's, and it's just conflicting because everybody's got these desires of what they want to do and what they don't want to do. And we try to bring it all together in one group and nobody can figure it out. And we wind up doing a whole lot of nothing. Desires. They're powerful. They're strong, and we're full of them. We're full of these different desires, and we all want what we want. And it is not what we want, and somebody else wants something different. It's conflicting. It's confusing. We need counseling because we can't figure this out. This is the power of desire. This is what desires are. Let me define it for you. 
Desires are strong feelings, whether good or bad, that compel us to pursue something. They can be good or bad. It's these strong feelings that compel us to pursue something. Now, there are some good desires that we do have. And I believe that we should really, really pay attention to those good desires. But let's just be real here today. You got some bad desires too. Let somebody pull out in front of you in traffic tomorrow. Desires are there, baby. Words begin to come out of your mouth and hand gestures. Telling people they're number one with other fingers. I mean, we're just going to keep it real today. Desires. The power of desire. Now, I want to really, really hit on the wrong kinds of desires this morning. So be careful that when you're hearing this, you don't assume that we're just talking about every single desire. But I'm talking about the wrong desires. The desires that you know you better not follow. And sometimes we do a good job of that. Sometimes we don't. Because when we follow these desires, they ultimately can lead to things that we should not have been in. The danger of following your feelings, the danger of following desires, is that we don't always know what we want. When I sit in counseling sessions and I ask people, what is the vision for your family? They never say what they want for their family. They begin to tell you all the things that they do not want for their family. If you're sitting with someone who is looking for a spouse, they don't know what they want. They know what they don't want. And then after they go through what they don't want, they immediately follow it up with how they look. Just because it's the most obvious thing. And this is what's so dangerous is because we're better at what we don't want than we are at what we do want. Because we have experienced some things, we've seen some things, we've heard some things, and we don't want what they had or what we had before because of the feelings that we followed previously. And so what we begin to do is build this whole little life personality structure, behavior, kind of little way of life thinking, processing, whatever you want to call it. We build all of this based off of the things that we found out that we didn't want. And over a period of time, because we know what we don't want, and we don't know what we do want, we wind up in a neutral zone for a long time doing absolutely nothing. Amen? I know. That's why, I mean, we're reading from the book of James today. It's heavy. But we're going to clean this up. Think of it this way. We're hungry, but we don't know what we want to eat. You ever did that before? Went to the fridge, opened it up, and just stood there. No. To the pantry. Stand there. Come on, I'm, I'm relating to somebody. Nothing. Go back to the fridge. Nothing. Back to the pantry. Nothing. And you wind up going back to the fridge, grabbing shredded cheese, sitting on the couch, watching a ball game, eating shredded cheese. And that's not really what you want. Come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about. I had that happen the other night. I sat down with a bag of croutons. It was excellent. It was excellent. How about this one? We want to do something. It's Friday. It's been a good week. I want to do something. What you want to do? I don't know. I just want to go do something. Where you want to go? Well, let's go eat. No, I don't want to do that. Okay, let's go shopping. No, I don't want to do that. Let's watch a movie. No, I don't want to do that. What in the world do you want to do? Do you see how this creates conflict? In the house. Like, listen, this is creating marriage problems for people. We got kids and parents that are about to, like, throw things. Because we just, you ask your kid, what do you want? I don't know. Just want something. What do you want? I don't know. I I remember when Ella Pearl, uh, it's funny because I grew up in a house with all boys. And then our first two children were boys. And it was a few years between our second son and then our daughter. And so I remember when Ella Pearl got old enough to like talk and communicate some things. And one day she was crying. She was probably three or four years old. She was crying. I said, baby, Ella Pearl, what's the matter? She said, I don't know. I said, well, why are you crying? I don't know. Did somebody hurt you? I don't know. Just leave me alone. That's where I knew. Okay. We're in. We are in. 
these feelings. Here's one. Here's another one. We want a successful career. Like we want to have a good life, but we just don't know what we need to do. These are real things that, that, that are on our plate on a daily basis. We desire these good things, but we don't know what we're going to do about it. Now, simple examples here. These are typical, but what about when we have some desires that are not appropriate? Like when we have the desire for something that we can't afford, so we're tempted to, and I put a blank right there, because we will figure out a way to get it. Some people even go as far as criminal activity to get what they want. That started from a desire. People will spend money they do not have because of a desire. This is real. What about when we have a desire for something that we should not have? And that covers a lot of territory. A desire for something that we should not have, we are tempted to and there's another blank that you can fill in. Because we're tempted by this desire. I've got to have it. I want it. I need it. I have to have it. And I, don't, I can't stop this rush, this feeling. And so I have to do something. And rather, rather than suppress it, we start calculating. We start figuring out how I can have it without anything bad happening as a result of it. The culture that we live in today, there is a desire for intimacy and closeness. But we aren't married yet. And we're tempted to. These are desires. These are real desires. And it's important that we talk about this stuff because desires are controlling us. And we're given so much effort towards desires and we don't realize that we're heading down paths that we have no business heading down. And at the same time, we're going down that path. It's kind of like we're waving at Jesus from a distance and asking him to come bless us and help me. Come, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. But hold on. I need to keep doing this thing over here because this is just the desire of my heart. And Jesus is like, that's not a good desire. That's a desire that leads to destruction. And I know it looks good. But just because it looks good doesn't mean it's good. Amen? So watch this. When it comes to desires, we long for a yes, but we cringe at a no or a not yet. Our desires are looking for yes, green light. But whenever there is a red light, how many of you ever ran a red light before? On your way to church this morning. You heathen sinner, you. You should repent in front of the church. Confess your faults one to another. Some of you are like, are you for real? <laughs> Where's the mic at? I oh, know, I'm not playing. We want a yes, but we don't like it whenever we have to hear no. We don't like it when we hear not yet. Here's a couple things, some dangers of following your desires. Desires are the birthplace of temptation. We just read this in James chapter 1, verse 14. We thought the devil was making me do it. But the desire was already there. Now, I do believe the devil will capitalize on your desires. And he will try everything he can to dangle the carrot in front of you. To get you to go into the direction of that desire that you do have. And we have to be aware of this. Like there's going to be a draw towards things that we desire that are wrong. We have to be aware of it. Uh, let, me, let me give you another word for it. Lust. Now, when we hear lust, a lot of times, it's usually in association with something sexual. But I need you to know that you can lust just about anything. Lust is, I want something I should not have. That's why the Bible calls things like jealousy and envy sin. Where we want something that we should not have. Where we want something that somebody else has. I mean, this stuff is covered like in the Ten Commandments. And I know some people think that's just old school stuff. But I need you to know, Ten Commandments are still relevant for today. And the whole point of the Ten Commandments was to help you govern yourself. 
Not just so that God can govern you, but so that you can govern yourself. In other words, have a little self-control. Okay? So desires are the birthplace of temptation. And what temptation does is it pulls us away from our convictions. In other words, it wants to get you away from something that is solid and bring you to a place that there are options. Did you hear that? It wants to take you from a place of where it's solid and bring you to a place of options and introduce confusion to you. All, in, all for the sake of causing you to compromise. And when we compromise, that word, we've adapted it so much that we think compromise is good. But I need you to know, whenever it comes to compromising for the sake of a wrong desire, that is terrible because what you are saying is, I will tolerate some bad. Bring it on. Let's bring the bad in our lives too. And God's like, what are we doing here? Let's stick with what is solid instead of compromising to the place where we continue to give ourselves options because Ultimately, as we give ourselves more options, we put ourselves in the place to do what we know we shouldn't have done in the first place. Here's the second thing. Desires create division. Now, I'm talking about wrong desires, so listen to me, okay? Don't think, oh, Pastor Wade said every desire creates division. That's why we can't get along in this house. That's not what I'm talking about. Following the wrong desires is going to create some division in your life. Watch this verse. This is one of the least read books of the Bible. But if you want to knock out a book in the Bible in about 30 minutes or less, the book of Jude is your book. 20-something verses. You'll feel like a champion. What you did today, I read an entire book of the Bible. <laughs> Seriously. Get a notch on your belt. Okay, watch the verse though. But you, my delightfully loved friends, remember the prophecies of the apostle of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. They taught you in the last days there will be mockers motivated by their own ungodly desires. It's a strong. These people cause divisions and are followers of their own natural instincts devoid of the life of the spirit. Don't hate the messenger. It's just what's in the Bible. I found it, figured we'd read it. Deal with him, okay? But then he follows it up. And I love how they say something hard and then start using nice words to, like, make you feel better about it. But you, my delightfully loved friends. <laughs> that beautiful? Constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. We just talked about that last week. He said, look, there's people who are chasing their desires, and that's what's creating some divisions among you. And listen, don't start using this as ammunition. Oh, I know why our family ain't doing well. It's because you're following your desires. Don't do that. That causes more conflict. But you have to understand that the first place that it causes division is not around you, but it's in you. Because it divides you from what you know is true to the place that you're trying to make these things true. Okay? And it creates a division within. And sooner or later, we wind up confusing ourselves because we don't know the difference between what we should do and what we want to do. And it creates this conflict within. And we start compromising values. We start, com we start compromising beliefs and standards of living that we had all so that we can please one desire. One desire. So it creates this division, but he says, you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. That means constantly over. Well, when I was a kid, I went to Sunday school and I got the foundation of my faith. You did, but you didn't finish building your foundation because you didn't face all the things you're facing today when you were eight years old. So you have to constantly and watch this word progressively. Build. That means I have to be thinking ahead with building my faith because there are some things that I'm going to encounter in my life that I didn't know I was going to encounter. I didn't know I was going to go through a season where I would be tempted with that. I didn't know that these kinds of desires, I didn't know I was going to have the desire to quit when I was 41. I didn't know that. And I've got to have a foundation or else I may follow my desires and do something I regret. And it caused me pain. It caused others pain. So he says, progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit. Fasten your hearts to the love of God 
I like that. Fasten your hearts to the love of God. You got to stay connected to him and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us eternal life. You got to stay connected. We want the right things, but you're going to have desire for the wrong things, too. It is going to be there. The envy is going to knock on your door. The jealousy will present itself to it. The lust, it will show up. And, and I want to say this about lust because a lot of times it just automatically is assumed that men are the people that have problems with lust. Lust is everybody's problem. Amen? I, I hear a couple of y'all like, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. A bunch of guys under their breath, that's right, that's right. Everybody else is just like, uh-uh, it's all him. It's all y'all. Lust, it's real because I want something I should not have. So here's the question. What do I do with my desires? Okay. What do I do with my desires? Psalms chapter 37 verse 4. It says, make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. Watch this. And he will provide for you what you desire the most. This is a strong verse that just sounds happy. You know what I'm saying? Here, here's King James Version. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That just sounds so happy. It doesn't feel like it's really going to help me. Because it just sounds happy. Delight yourself in the Lord. It's like going get an ice cream. Call it a Sunday delight. It just sounds too happy for it to actually change my life. But this is one of those verses that when you really, really understand what it's saying, it changes your life. See, this verse isn't a piece of candy that's just sweet. It's really like meat. Last week, we talked about this, that a lot of times we crave these verses that are sweet, and we overlook the verses that are the real meat that's going to help us grow. This verse right here is literally like meat because what it's doing is it's helping you to see the difference between living for delight in the Lord versus living for our own selfish desires. And whenever we live for our own selfish desires, guess what? It's on us to find the fulfillment and the pleasure. And you may have moments of fun. Let me say this. You may have moments where it is fun, but the consequences of it, say like a day or two afterwards, it's not so fun. So that night out may have been a blast. Hashtag memories. But the next morning, it's not hashtag memories. It's hashtag, oh my God, what have I done? Because what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. It, can, it comes in your mind too. This is for real, y'all. So this is what a desire is, okay? And I want to define this and show you the difference. A desire is a longing and a craving for something that brings satisfaction or enjoyment. It's a longing. It's a desire. It's a constant search, watch this, that is never satisfied. It is never satisfied. I got to have more. I got to have this. I got to have that. And that desire, it just keeps going and going and going. And it's just full speed ahead. But a delight, a delight is something that I have taken great pleasure in. One is a search. The other one is a found. I'm searching for something. That's my desires. I'm delighting in something. I found it. There's a difference. And there's a lot of people, watch this, who are lost because they're chasing desires when they can be found by finding delight in the Lord, by putting their delight in the Lord. And I know you sit there, okay, tell me all about how to delight in the Lord because this is sounding kind of happy and I'm dealing with real stuff right here. Okay, how do I take delight in the Lord? Let me break it down for you. The first one is this. The first thing I have to do, if I'm going to take delight in the Lord, I have to take a closer look at him. Because a lot of times we give God a good religious glance. That's it. We'll show up on Sunday, give him a wave. Lifted my hands during worship today. Looked at the verse on the screen. Read my Bible. Doing good today. Worship the Lord. Read my Bible. We prayed at the end. Man, I worship God. Read my Bible and prayed today. That's it. I'm unstoppable. Take a closer look, though. See, I don't think God just wants a wave. 
think God wants a connection. I don't think God just wants a visit. He wants a relationship. See, the only time we meet with the Lord isn't just on Sundays. It's every day of our lives. But when we're chasing our desires so much, we aren't paying attention to him. And we miss help that he gives. We miss it. We miss the goodness of God because we're chasing good things. And if we really took a closer look, we would see how good God is. There's a verse that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. A few months ago, we went to eat at this restaurant. We had a steak at this restaurant. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, probably the best steak I've ever eaten in my life. I can't go to other steak restaurants now. Because every time I go, I'm disappointed. Last Saturday, I ordered a steak at a restaurant, and I was so disappointed. And like, I'm not the kind of person that sends food back, but I was ready to send it back. And it probably wasn't because it was bad. It's just because it wasn't as good as what I have tasted and what I have seen. Are you grabbing this today? And when you taste and see how good God is, none of the other, di- other desires that you have are going to satisfy you like him. Are you, are you grabbing this today? Delight yourself in the Lord. How do I delight? I'm taking a closer look. I believe that if you took a closer look at God's plans for you, it would change the way that you think about yourself. In fact, a lot of us believe this. This is what we believe. That whenever I stand before God in heaven one day, that God's going to have this long list of every single sin that I've ever committed. And he's going to have the big microphone, and he's going to call us up there, and he's going to open it up. Some of us are going to have a smaller book. Others of us are going to have file cabinets. And he's going to go down the list, Steve, when you were seven years old, you lied to your mom, Jack, and just go down. That's what we think God's going to do. But in reality, you know what he's going to do? He's going to pull out the file and he's going to say, Steve, let me tell you what I had planned for your life. I planned for you to do this and I had this ready to go for you. And I had these friends set up to be a part of your life. And I had this business for you. I had this big trip that you were going to take. And you, when you took that trip, you were going to connect with this person. And it was going to set you up to be one of the most successful people in your state. That's one part. Let me tell you the next part. For your family, I had this. And this and this. For your kids, by the way, this is what I had planned for your kids. Because I just think your kids are amazing. And so I had all this stuff planned out, ready to go. And he won't have to say, you followed your desires. We will know what we have done and realize we missed out on some of the most incredible things that God had for us. Because instead of following him, we chased our desires. That's why it's important that we take a closer look at God and take off our religious lenses. This is so important. Because, listen, when you go to the eye doctor, they give you a prescription to help you to see better. And I can tell you this, religion has given us a prescription that we only see God one way, that he's trying to punish me. And I want you to know that God's first instinct is not to punish you, but his instinct is to save you. God, go read the Bible. He went through way too much, and he put his son through way too much just to punish you. In fact, the cross sufficed all the wrath of God. That's why I can tell you God's not angry. Because Jesus took the full brunt of all the anger of God. And God's will is that you come to repentance and that you be saved. That's why it's important that you take a closer look at God. But I can say this, and I'll say it in Bible terms. Woe to the person that rejects God. Because it won't be God that is punishing you. It's you that punish yourself. And listen, I hear people all the time saying God sends people to hell. I don't understand how he does it. God doesn't send people to hell. We choose it when we choose to take on the punishment and the price of our own sins. We choose it. And you don't have to choose it because God's already paid your way out of it. Amen? That's so good, man. Here's the second thing. First, take a closer look. The second thing, you have to tell yourself no. You have to tell yourself, no, I know this is a hard one, but watch this. 
Tell yourself no so you can say yes to God. That is so good. Tell yourself no so you can say yes to God. And we have a hard time telling ourselves no. But when I'm saying yes to God, I'm saying yes to God's will. I'm saying yes to God's ways. Because, wait a minute, I took a closer look and I realized God's got a good plan. I taste it and I have seen that he is really, really good. And so because I know that he's good, I'm going to say no to all the substandard. Are you grabbing this? All of sin and fall short of God's glorious standard. Sin is causing us to take lower standards. Sin will cause you to lower your standards on so many things in your life. And God's like, hey, we're going for the best. I gave my best to you. Don't lower your standards for one single desire. Tell yourself no. So watch this. I want you to write this down. This is strong. Some of you who were spoiled as children, you'll struggle with this one. But hang tight. I can't always get what I want. Hold on, I'm not finished. Because I'm like, amen, you preached that thing. Look, just because you didn't get anything doesn't mean that we can't get something, okay? Goodness gracious, we've got some feisty people in here. I can't always get what I want, but watch this. I can get everything that God has for me. Did you hear that? I can't get everything that I want, but I can get everything that God has for me. How? I'm going to have to say no to my desires so I can say yes to his desires for me. See, this is how we're taking delight in the Lord. You're like, this does not sound delightful, Pastor Wade. (laughs) This sounds very, very hard. So this is where the conflict is. Because we want to feel good before we do it. But I have found that if we want to feel good, do the right things and the right feelings follow. Maybe hard at first, but after you do the right thing, you always feel good about it. You always feel good. Is it going to be hard? Yes. Is it going to be hard to tell yourself, no, I got to have it. I want it. I want it somewhere, but I know I shouldn't. Ah, what do I do? No. And a few days later, you say things like this. I'm so glad that I told myself no. That could have been painful. That could have been bad. But because I was willing to, watch this, I'm going to throw the word out, sacrifice. I was able to gain. Jesus said, if you want to gain your life, you must be first willing to lose it. And that's the hard part. We don't like losing. We want to win. We want to win everything. But I want you to know that all the blessings that God has for you, all of these different things, they're not earned. They're freely given. And a lot of things that we think we're actually trying to earn really is just trying to conquer those wrong desires. That's the hard part. So you conquering your desire, you're not earning the reward. It was already there. You fighting with those feelings God's not like, hey, if you win with your feelings, I'll give it to you. He said, I'll give it to you. That's what he said. I'll give it to you. I'll give you eternity. I'll give you heaven. But we're living our life fighting with our desires every day. Because our desires are like, I want to go do this and I want to go do that. And that's why he says things like this. It's the broad road that leads to destruction. But narrow is the road that leads to life. In other words, I think he's saying, narrow your options down. That's a word for somebody today. Narrow your options. Your desires will always sell you short of God's desires for you. Always sell you short. So we have to be able to tell ourselves, no. Here's the last thing. Third thing. Trust God's desire for you. Trust God's desires for you earlier when I mentioned that when you stand before God he's going to pull that file cabinet out I don't know maybe he's technologically advanced and so he'll have it up on the screen I don't know I just feel like he's going to be a little bit more private about it I don't know 
We'll see. But when you start realizing the plans God's got for you, this is where you realize, man, he thinks I could do a whole lot more than what I think I could do. He thinks I'm a lot more capable than what I think I am. He thinks I'm better than what I think I am. That's why taking a closer look is so important. Because if you don't take a closer look, you become skeptical and say, oh, gosh, just like that with certain people. Uh-uh. God doesn't have favorites. It's in the Bible. I know some of you are like, God, is, God said I'm his favorite. No, he didn't. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Quit saying that. That's wrong. It's error. You can follow your desires and find momentary pleasure. Or you can trust God and enjoy eternal fulfillment. It may work for a day doing what you want, but the long-term consequences. It may work for a month. That relationship just had to go on the date with them. And you knew that wasn't the person. You knew because it was going to bring you to a place of compromise. It was enjoyable because you weren't alone anymore. But you're not alone anymore, but now you're compromising your values. Because prayed about it and you got a not yet from God and it's not just with a relationship I mean we can go into a lot of things with this so watch this he knows your desires and whenever we put our trust in him those desires that we have this is so cool he redeems them watch this when I say he redeems them this is what it means he begins to align your desires with all the things that he has for you but it's going to take trust on your part because the day will come watch this where you'll say I never knew how much I really 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 wanted to do this I never knew how much I really 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 had the desire for this for that person for a family for a child for a ministry for a serve opportunity like those are the things just didn't know I could have them. But the redemption of God is able to take things that are wrong and make them right. So you may have some wrong desires in here that you're saying no to, but it's a desire that you have. It just needs to be redeemed. And when you begin to trust God, He redeems those desires. He redeems them. And He aligns them with His Word. He aligns them with His will. He aligns them with His plans and His purpose for you. That way, whenever you pursue Him, He gives you the desires of your heart. And it's in a place of innocence. It's in a place of righteousness. And it's pure. And it's holy. And it doesn't carry shame. It doesn't carry guilt. Are you, are you hearing this today? And so you don't have to feel bad for that desire anymore because it's in its right place. It's been redeemed. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires. Delight yourself. He puts those desires in the right place. Puts them on the right path. Puts them in the place of the right decisions of your life. Here's a verse I want to wrap up with. Ephesians 1, verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Watch this. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. In advance. That means before you were born, before you started acting a fool, before you started committing your sins, listen to this. Before you started going crazy, God said, ah, oh, I want them. I want them in my family. That's who I want. And some advice would have been, hey, Lord, you probably ought to wait and see how they're going to be before you kind of like bring them in your house so that they don't go crazy. And God's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Because my love is going to cover all their sins. My love, when they taste and see it, will change their life. That's strong. You have to know God chose you before your craziness began. And even in your craziness, God still chooses you. Let's keep reading. This is what he wanted to do. I like this verse. And he gave him 
great pleasure. See, it's important to take that closer look at God because you start seeing His desires for you. It was His desire. It brought Him great pleasure to choose you, to adopt you in His family. So watch this, verse 6. So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave all of our sins. Let's back up. Sin. It was birthed in our desires. It was all the way back in these desires that we had. And those desires put us in a place where we were separated from God. And God says, I want them so much, I cannot have them be separated from me. I'm going to send my son to be the mediator that bridges the gap. And sin is great, but my son Jesus is greater. Come on. Sin is strong, but Jesus is stronger. Come on, somebody. And so he bridges the gap to bring us together. Watch this. So that we see that all that I need is found in him. And it's not just I'm walking the chalk line, but I'm in a relationship with him. So great that not only is it just standards, but it is also desires of my heart that God already knows that God has already put in there. It's just I'm choosing to find the desires of my heart by delighting in the Lord instead of chasing my feelings. And when I choose to delight in the Lord, all the desires of my heart are met but it's right it's holy it's pure see some of us got to change our strategy because we're trying to get these things in our life in our own ways and God's like hey you're getting yourself in trouble you're putting yourself on paths because you think you're strong but you don't know what's coming I do God sees he knew in advance he already sees and listen his whole listen his message today is Get on that path of trusting him and following him. Because he will give you the desires of your heart. But he will redeem them to give them to you. He has showered his kindness on us along with all, watch this word, wisdom. Now, I want you to see this because it doesn't say he showered his kindness on us and gave us everything that we want. But he says, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Wisdom is for making decisions. To give me the wisdom to be able to know when I need to say no. And when I need to say yes. Do you see how good God is? He is equipping you for all good things. And maybe that sounds too positive for you. You can get mad. You can go throw a fit and just get really upset about where you are in your life. Let us keep chasing God and getting all that God has for us. Amen? Because we are on a mission to live out the life that God has planned for us. And we're going to enjoy it along the way. We're going to say no to some wrong things so that we can say yes to the God things. And we're going to walk in the blessings of God. And whatever other people do, we can't control we can't, and we're not going to get caught up in some little political swirl of trying to play God and saying who's right and who's wrong. I'm just trying to follow Jesus and live out God's plan for my life. Amen? And I want to help other people do it too. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Some of you are like, oh, I don't know about it. Come on, let's follow Jesus. Yeah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Following your desires and following your delight. Maybe today you came here, you really needed to be encouraged. And you hear this message, and right now you may not feel encouraged, you may feel challenged. Because it brings you to a place of decision. It brings you to the place of evaluating your standards. And I would say it like this. It brings you to the place of evaluating how much you really value yourself. Because as much as we value ourselves, a lot of times we give ourselves to things that are of no value. And I want you to know today how much the Lord values you. That he would give his best, his son, to pay the price for all every decision that we have made to do the wrong thing. That's why it's called the good news, the 
gospel. That he would forgive your sins. And give you a fresh start. That he would help you to get on the right path. Not just push you off because you're not good enough. But bring you on and help you to be everything he said you could be. And today, the invitation is extended to you to make the decision to follow Jesus instead of following your own desires. And if today you find yourself in the place where you literally feel lost because you have been following your desires and you find yourself away from God, and maybe in this moment you have regrets, you have fears, some shame, some guilt. And maybe there's a fear that God's going to let you have it. But I want you to know in the book of Romans it says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And perhaps some of what you're feeling is just conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that conviction is drawing you to the place to say yes to God. If you're here this morning and you're away from the Lord and you say, Pastor, will you pray for me? It's time for me to make the decision to truly trust God and follow him instead of following my own desires. I want you to slip up a hand. And when I acknowledge you, you can put it right back down. Anyone else? Anyone else? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I've been following my desires and I feel like I'm lost. Anyone else? Anyone else? Today, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm putting my trust in you, God. Many hands have gone up all over this room today. And maybe this prayer that we're about to pray feels routine. But I want you to know it is never routine. This is the beginning of relationships with God. This is the beginning of saying yes to God and no to self. This is the beginning of saying yes to all of God's plans and purposes for our life. And I want us all to pray this together. Say, dear Lord. Thank you for loving me. Even when you knew before I was born that I would be a sinner. All the decisions that I've made, all the sins that I committed, you know about them. And yet you still choose to love me. You still chose to send Jesus to die for my sins to pay the price for everything wrong that I have ever done so that I could be forgiven so Lord today I surrender my life to you I say yes to you I say yes to your plans and I ask you to change me make me a new person redeem my desires I want to find delight in you. I choose today to live my life your way in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. That was powerful.